Yeah, I wonder if I sound like a Muppet. Do oh my God, you. I sound like a Muppet. <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Thousand Tiny Tantrums. My name is James. I, I'm Nick. Sorry, I was reading the comments. That's Nick. He's <laughs> reading the comments. This is our live episode. This is when we'll start, actually, the the Spotify portion. So, yeah. Um, how have you been? Do, do we want... <laughs> do, do, do we want the honest truth or the self-promotional truth? <laughs> The um, the public truth. The public <laughs> truth. Okay, so we will skip my deepest, darkest fears um, possibly coming true. Um, I've just been told that my content isn't trashy enough to become uber famous. I made a video about porn. I mean, like, <laughs> but it is a very classy video about porn. It is. First of all. It's oh, Riley's very, here. Hi, Riley. It's a very, it's a documentary, documentary. Whereas I actually got told on Twitter the other day, mm -hmm. um by someone who works in the industry mm -hmm. that they would really like to see me do a video kind of regarding how prep really changed porn. Mm. And I'm like, well, there is a sequel coming and now I have more content for that. Are you comfortable saying who it was? I don't know who it was. Oh, okay. Um, their name was, I don't know. It was kind of like a, a promotion in their name okay okay so i i can't really i, I just really know because I, I know you know know a few people who work like work in the porn industry like the industry they're not just only fans or kind of like self-made porn stars uh which you know totally valid and i love them but like you know like some actual like big names in there so i was wondering if what was one of them one my it's weird my my content's definitely not built for the algorithm and the videos that i think are the least likely to be hit by the, al or to kind of the algorithm to like, like the killing stalking video. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that take off the biggest. Yeah. The ones that are like, oh, this little obscure Korean web comic. No one's going to care about this, but I just have to rant about this mm -hmm. for an hour. And then it gets 850,000 like, views. So I think that we should like definitely learn from that and sort of go with the fact that the videos that we plan and that, you know, before I also started like working for you on mass, like the videos that, are expected and made to do well never really do as fantastic as the videos that we just make because like hey i have a rant about this <laughs> like well it's like the my it's it's actually really a mix because like killing stalking is obviously that's my biggest video um but you know right behind that is the billy teddy video which was mm -hmm. planned um, was it? I thought it was just something that we were just talking about. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff about the Scarlet Witch. Let's just make it. No, it was you wanted to make a video about Billy and Teddy. Right? Yeah, and, and then, then that kind of spiraled into the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it's like deep cuts and part one of the queer baiting video mm -hmm. and um, the the Holocaust one is at almost two hundred thousand views now. So it's really random what YouTube decides to push and not push. Um, and I've just come to the conclusion that I cannot rely on YouTube, and so I will rely on my amazing patrons 
to make sure that I can continue to do this, and that's why I'm pushing my Patreon as hard as I do. Patreon.com slash James Summerton. <laughs> Patreon.com slash J-A-M-E-S-S-O-M-E-R-T-O-N. <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. Um, <laughs> something else that happened today um, that I'm excited about is we got the notification for our second COVID vaccines. Yeah. They got moved up from... September, September 7th September 7th to August not August July 13th so yeah. like in two weeks so I'm super excited mm-hmm. about that to actually be able to do a thing now and he's wearing two pairs of glasses now um, I have them here might as well because I really really want to be able to shoot some videos with people mm-hmm and like maybe interview people for certain things and stuff like that. I have like so that. many people who want me to take pictures of them, but I can't because Patreon. Not Patreon. COVID. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> you can talk louder, by the way. It's fine. Right. I, I know I can talk louder. It's just I forget to talk louder because I don't know. I'm just feeling I'm having a quiet day. You know, you ever have quiet days where you're just kind of like. No, I never have quiet days. I know you don't. I'm <laughs> <laughs> me having a quiet day um but yeah so i'm excited for that because although i i do have like a very rock solid plan for the next videos that are coming out mm-hmm. which isn't as rock solid as i thought no because well and everyone in the chat probably knows i said i was going to take a break oh right summer. yeah coming out of hiatus a bit early because we're uh, so mad well no not even because we're so mad that's not even the thing um it's that I have discovered, unfortunately, that, you know, I'm someone with anxiety disorder diagnosed years and years and years and years ago. Um, and I have discovered that when I don't have something to work on, I have bad anxiety attacks that last for days. And I have realized that an anxiety attack that's been happening for about the last two weeks started happening when we put out the Yuri on Ice video. Mm -hmm. And I realized, ah, I need to do things. So I need to start working on videos again. And it's not even, I need to start taking it easy and working on videos lightly. No, I need, I need stuff to do. Like, and that's fine. Like we can actually work on videos, get things out early and just not release them until September. Right? No. Oh. Because then I'll be like, why am I doing this? No, no. It, things will things will get done. But will you be disappointed if they don't do super well because of the summer YouTube lull? YouTube lull. People will come back to YouTube in September. But isn't like the the best time to get views for something when you release them? I mean, I use I I'm, I'm asking if, honestly because I don't know. Honestly, I don't know because like a lot of my videos, you know, they do relatively well when they're released and then 6 mm-hmm. months later they randomly jump yeah, up in the algorithm yeah. so it's it's all like i said i'm not relying on youtube anymore i'm relying on for money i'm relying on the support of my patrons mm-hmm. and by being able to have this amazing base of patronage i can actually do the videos that people want to see that i want to make and not have to worry about okay is our our half a million people going to watch this video or only you know like 200,000 people going to watch it. Oh, God forbid. And, you know, say like, well, well, I'm not going to make a video that only 100,000 people are going to watch. Even though it's something I want to talk about that people want me to talk about. 
So, yeah. So that's why I'm pushing the Patreon so hard now. Yeah. Um, What's your Patreon? Uh, Patreon.com slash James Summerton. <laughs> Patreon.com slash J-A-M-E-S-S-O-M-E-R-T-O-N. <laughs> that's one thing that I'm actually going to be doing, uh, not during the podcast portion that we're currently oh, in, sorry. but um, that I will be doing in the just sort of general live stream yeah. is anyone who signed up for my Patreon in June uh, are kind of, uh, they've been sort of entered into a, a draw and I'm going to pick one of them and they will get to, and message them on Patreon and they will get to choose one oh, of the topic. They'll get to choose a topic that I'm going to do in the future. You're fantastic, Riley. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no budget. Riley is actually fantastic. <laughs> Um, what would, I, feel like, what would, I feel like this is a bad idea to do like a podcast Riley, where I'm Riley, reading. What, what would sports anime be like in the Cars universe? No, <laughs> Cars is a sport. It's it's stock no, no, car like racing. The Cars universe. Like, would are there sports animes in the car, Cars universe? I think there's sports animes of people driving, or of cars driving and such. <laughs> um. James is like, pivot, 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 pivot. <laughs> With my luck, that'll be the the suggestion I get from the <laughs> Cars Vor. <laughs> uh, we're going to get they're demonetized now. No, I haven't, s- haven't sworn yet. Is Vor a swear word? Would YouTube no. censor that? Like, Cars does have a Pope. Cars Pope. Yeah. <laughs> like we were talking about it on the discord one day and like we- oh the inherent eroticism of sports anime is coming yeah and coming and coming. i wonder if we coming. should include pokemon in that i don't think pokemon's a sport I, yeah it absolutely it takes place in an arena you want to be the very best it's a competition that's kind of true it's a little bit gay because there's there's three anime that i have lined up for the sports anime mm-hmm. um which is gotten through half of one of them. I've only gotten through half of Skate um, because I did this really weird. I watched half of uh, Banana Fish and then half of Skate the next night. And so that that was a completely, completely messed up my brain. Um, and But Banana Fish is going to be a part of a different video. Uh, because that's going to have to do with organized crime and stuff. Does non-Yaoi sports anime exist even? Apparently, according to the creators, it's not gay. But according to gay? everyone State? else, well, every gay? every sports okay. anime. Like I've I've watched compilations of <laughs> scenes from them, and yeah. they're all so gay. Yeah, and skate's pretty gay. Skate is super gay, but like there there's ones that are like they're not supposed to have any gayness at all. Yeah, and they're like it's like I do you want to know why this pisses me off or can I say that is that one of the I think piss is fine that's one of the seven dirty words though that was in the 70s it's also comedic act so it doesn't really count not scholarly information but like (laughs) not scholarly information George Carlin is not scholarly information (laughs) hey a university would not accept that unless you were doing something on comedy and satire anyway um, like what's kind of, um, what, what really upsets me about like these kinds of gay baited things isn't that it's gay baited for us, but it's 
trying to convince people that these are straight experiences that you're having, that these are experiences that straight people are meant to have and can expect. And that, that feels to me like it's taking queer experiences away from us and sort of saying like, this isn't a queer experience. This is a straight experience. Every guy just wants a friend, a very pure friendship like this. And I'm like, I have some bad news for you creators. Like, yeah. Um, because, Skate or not bad news, just, good news, because it's bad that they're closeted. Skate's yeah. just gay as hell. It is really gay. And then there's that one scene with confirmed straight heterosexuality. Free is on the list of the animes that I'm going to be watching for that video. Um, I, I, I don't even know what it's about, but I, I know swimming, that... Swimming, right? Is it swimming? Swimming, yeah. Um, but it's, it's on the list. Uh, as is another one... Given is also on the list. I don't know what that. I've never. Given heard of that is actually three seasons instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like over sixty episodes, so that might be something that I watch and just kind of give you the cliff's notes or send you a wiki entry for or something. Okay, like literally, Nick doesn't have the attention span to sit down and watch sixty episodes. <sighs> apparently, after watching half of Skid, I don't have the attention span to sit down and watch thirteen. No, apparently not. No. But yeah. Um, like when you talk about like three is about swimming and a lot of slow mo shots of half naked guys. Oh, so it's like half of Taiwanese television. Okay, yeah. um, but like J- Gal Pals TM for dudes. Oh, 20 oh, thank you, Chad. Chad B. I'm glad you're enjoying the channel. I hope you continue to. <laughs> right. I mean, like we're not going anywhere. We don't have anything better to do. Like <laughs> I certainly don't. Um, I mean, like. Now that I got my book all done, I don't know what to do with myself. Make my videos. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Write scripts. Yeah. Because, yeah, Nick's book is all done. All done. Um, it's all ready for publication in January. Covers the, done. Inside layouts done. Chapter headings done. Editing, all of it's done. done. It's ready. It's going to be going out to reviewers and authors soon. It's very exciting. Um and so that'll be out in January. Mm-hmm. As soon as it's actually up for pre-order, I'll be, you know, yeah, promoting the hell out of it. Yeah. And yes, Riley, I will be doing a video about Luca. It's not just about Luca. It's about Disney's continued uh, mixed relationship with the queer community, um, which is very obvious just by the comments mm-hmm. that have been that have come up with that so it is so hard for me not to go like on daily rants about loki well there's so many people who are like well disney does this they release Mm -hmm. this gay merchandise or they do gay days or they do this or you know they did this short film or hey lefou exists all sorts of stuff like that and i just want to point out even with the lefou thing like because someone was like well lefou's actually getting a show on disney plus i'm like yeah prequel ah fail camera I was hoping that wouldn't happen during the podcast portion. Oh, what are you doing? Taking pictures, it seems. Oh, you need to click the camera button behind it. At the back. This is the one, right? Yeah. Apparently, we need a much more expensive camera for Nick's stream. I need a much more expensive camera. Um, But yeah, that will Nick's book will be up for pre-order everywhere uh, soon, very soon. Oh my god, homosexuals is here. Homosexuals? Homosexuals. It's Felipe. Oh. 
<laughs> no, Nick hasn't left the chat, just his camera. Yeah, my camera cancels me occasionally. Someone asked what my book was, book is about, and I love talking about my book, but so I don't talk, talk about, about your it. book. My book. Your book's coming out before mine, so it is. Um, well, I've been working on it, it for quite a bit longer than you have. <laughs> not technically. If you want to really get into the nitty gritty yeah. of it, I've been working on Lost in America since I was fourteen. Yeah, but sure. You're uh, writing for four years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a long time to be working on one book, though. Four years. A YA book? Hell yeah! Like you're not George R. R. Martin. <sighs> I mean, like, granted, this has been finished how many times? Like, we've been we've hundred percented this how many times? Like, this is like a hundred hundred percent though. Yeah, this is like, when we get all. This is this is with the DLC and the secret endings. Like, this is a hundred. Literally, there's a post credit scene. <laughs> no, don't tell them that they're supposed to find it for themselves. Um, my book, it's a superhero superhero novel, which I'm surprised there aren't more of outside of Marvel and DC. Um, Riley I, already knows the plot, apparently. <laughs> uh, Riley's one of the, uh, he's one of the, yeah. Oh. One of the sensitivity readers. I don't know if you ever read it, because, like, he said he was having a hard time sitting down to read it at the time. Sorry, Riley, I'm talking about you like you're not here. Um, oh, no, he didn't read it. That's okay. Um, it's in your uh, DM. It's fine. Um, Yeah, it's a Words. superhero novel. I'm, I, I think most of the reason why you don't get a lot of them is because everyone who wants to write about superheroes goes to write comic books. Yeah, um, so it's way easier to write a comic book than a novel. Um, that depends on if uh, how easy it is for you to work with an industry and artists. And I am apparently not good at either. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> so it's a superhero novel about a 17-year-old named Luca. Um, hence why I love the name. And he he's starting out doing some crime fighting stuff and ends up getting into something that is way over his head. Um, yeah. It's very general. It is. I don't know what I should get into because, like, this is a thing now. Like, is what what is spoilers? Like, yeah. like, I don't know the difference between, like, talking about it in a promotional way and just being like, okay, so here are all the major plot points that I'm really excited to tell yeah, you about. Just, like, just read the plot synopsis that I wrote for you. <laughs> uh, so would you, you make a video on gay young adult novels? Yes, Jules. Actually, that is in the pipeline mm -hmm. and partly written. Um, I'm hoping to be able to interview a couple of authors for that um but that's actually super duper planned and i think there's actually like a month set for that i think yeah uh um, that's something we're both excited about because it's something we feel very strongly about and we have a lot of opinions about yeah because if you you can't really see the books behind me but these are all queer YA books. This entire shelf from ceiling to floor, all I'm, queer YA I'm books. I'm sitting beside some YA, um, mostly straight. Less though. gay. Yeah, this is your straight YA stuff. Well, there's really only the Hunger Games over there. No, you've got Legends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the Star Wars books, Hunger Games, Aristotle and Dante, that's gay. <sighs> Oddly, Rainbow Boys I never read because I... I I I felt like the title was too overt. I mean, like, I like subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't read it because when it got big, I was in high school. So I was kind of the, like, the peer, or junior high, I think. I was, like, the set demographic for it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am not having these experiences. I'm not reading it. 
Like, I saw the guys on the cover, and I was like, they are too good-looking. I don't you. have this experience. You literally just articulated why I have such a hard time with queer literature. Like, because you've been making fun, about, fun of me about it yeah, for years. Yeah, but you're 30. Yeah, but I can't go you back and 16. change things now. I can't go back and change things. No, I can't go back and change things either, but I can be like... But you know what? I'm getting better. I can read a few of them. It's just like, I don't... You haven't read any. Yeah, I have. I read a few of them. What ones? Um, White Rabbit. I read another Okay, but one. that's really a crime novel. Subgenres. Subgenres are a thing. <laughs> but, like, with me, like, it, it's just, like, I don't like being told what experiences I should be having. And I think that's because a lot of the YA queer books that I read um, and earlier on were written by straight women. And so in that case, it was very much kind of a... <laughs> Ma'am, you're 30. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a projection, projected way that straight women thought that I should be experiencing things. And I was like, this isn't my life. I think Rainbow Boys was written by a gay man. I'm pretty sure. My YA as a teenager were, was Christopher Rice books, which are not YA, but they're gay. I mean, like... Honestly, they were the only gay books other than Anne Rice books that I, I knew did, existed. I did like how Christopher Rice, I think it was Density of Souls, his first book that I read. Yeah, the first I half did, of that is kind of a YA I book. I did like how he played that because it wasn't fantasy wish fulfillment, even when it transitioned into the second part, which was very much kind of crime thriller. A lot, the second part was a lot more over the top. Yeah. And it did get a bit too over the top, I found, but, you know, like, that's first novel stuff. So. thinking of reading Mary Renault's gay novels. Have either of you read them? I haven't read them, and the only reason I haven't is because I can't get them. Um, for some reason, they are not available on Amazon's Canada website, and ebooks aren't available. But I've wanted to read them for a long time because I know that they've influenced a lot of the writers that I've been reading. Uh, like Madeline Miller, for instance. And... Like, Last of the Wine is a book that I've been told I should read for, like, the last 15 years, and I've just never been able to get it. Mm. So it's one of those things that's just kind of a pain in my ass. I don't think Mary Renault is homophobic. Every one of her books is about gay men. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like, I believe it is possible to over-celebrate something. You know, I feel like that Well, she writes it. It's all in, like, ancient Greece. Okay. Um... So I don't know. Have you read Elsie Rosen? I think I have. Um, I have a lot of books. Elsie Rosen. Um, um, fill the space. <laughs> Um, yeah, in general, even though I am a writer and have been for a while, I have a, I struggle with reading. I really do. Um, I try not to, but I think, you know, for me, I'm very genre selective. I'm very author selective. I can't just kind of run the mill of like, just, oh, pick up a book here. Um, I really, um, kind of run by friends, uh, recommendations for kind of books. Um, me, he means me. Even then, like, I think I'm moving away from that and I'm kind of, like, moving into more independence in terms of, like, just what I should be reading. Just, like, kind of going to what I'm attracted towards in terms of what I think I should be reading. Or what I'm told I should be reading. Um... Oh, Elsie Rosen. Um, I read about half of Jack of Hearts, but I found the lead character 
annoying. Um, well written, but I didn't particularly like the lead character, so I haven't picked up any of his other books. Um, but I'm not like, oh, I, I will not read any more of his books or anything. I just found that Jack of Hearts was maybe too wish fulfilly for mm-hmm. me. Like, it was like the ideal gay life as a teenager, like... The ideal horny gay life as a teenager. Yeah. And so I was like, this doesn't happen. Don't tell me this happens. This didn't happen to me. Don't tell me this happens. Like, if I'm going to read Wish Fulfillment, I'm just going to read straight up porn. Like, erotica? Like, why not? Like, why not just go all the way? Like, um, If I remember correctly, Nick dropped a course because they were making him read Giovanni's Rome. Yeah, I think that was the last time I really was invested in queer media. It was specifically a university course about queer media, and I haven't really been that invested in looking into it since then. Because, like, every book we were reading was about queer suffering. Yeah. Uh, There is Well of Loneliness, Giovanni's Room other books and it was just like there's there's too much there's too much and it sucks because i liked the professor i was doing well in the course but i was just like i can't handle this yeah um i think like we can get into some of my own trauma about this but i i think we can avoid that i love how it's basically turned into gay book chat now um I wish you all the best. I th- think I own that. See, I over the last probably year and a half, I've read so many gay YA books that unless they specifically really stood out to me for one reason or another, they all kind of blend together. Because, sadly, most gay YA books kind of all have the same plot. They have different specifics. Like is mine? The, no. Okay. The characters are different. That's all the time. I like, always need that reassurance. The, the general plot is kind of the same um, for most gay YA books. And that's understandable. That's that's YA in general. The plot is generally the same. Um, but so they all kind of blend in together for me, except the ones that really stand out. My book doesn't have a love triangle. Kind of does. It does um, not. Kind of does. It does not. Kind of does. It does not. It has, like, a love square. Um, but, like, Alex London's books really stand out to me because I mean, although they are gay YA, the, that is, like, so secondary to the actual plot that's going on. Um, right, so what, does he, what does he write again? Uh, he wrote Black Wings Beating. Okay. Um, Guardian where the plot of the book is so much more important than the main character's sexuality. And that very rarely happens in gay YA. Um, that Guardian was the sequel to Proxy, right? Yeah. 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 I tried reading Proxy. I did. I started it. I'll, I could probably give Black Wings beating another uh, a look, because... Yeah, you had that like in your room for yeah. several months. It's on the, sometimes you give me a stack of books to read through, and I get through some of them. Yeah, as in like part I read some of them and I get part way through a lot of them. I'm great at starting books, not great at finishing books. <laughs> um, and the thing about that kind of upset I, proxy, I didn't really find defensive in terms of like yeah, this is okay. I just I found it a little bit kind of typical and trying not to be typical. Yeah, but you didn't finish it. I know. 
So I'm, I'm not willing to criticize it, even though that was, at a glance, a criticism. I'm just sort of saying, like... I've actually never watched Eurovision. I've watched, like, clips of Eurovision, but I've never watched the... People listening on the podcast are like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, um, <laughs> our pivots are based on responding to the uh, comments and stuff, which, you know, we were going to talk about this. It's going to be a, you know, a live cast, but it's kind of just like responding to a thing. We needed to go into this with a topic. Probably. Yeah. Probably. That'll, you know, we'll, we'll do that next, next time. Next, gadget. Next time. Um, we're not great at this. We're not professionals. No, we're not professionals. Because you know what my least favorite word to be is? professionals. My least favorite word is professional. Boo. We've talked about this before. Oh my God. I'm a I, professional YouTuber. I was scarred for life based on that word and my most recent educational exploits scarred for life like i know i avoid using the word whenever possible like i look for synonyms i just can't stand the thought process that that drives <laughs> yeah eurovision something i think because i don't even know what channel it's on in canada i know it's basically on Wouldn't you have to like, like stream it i know it's on everywhere on the internet now um yeah. But I've never watched it because it just kind of comes out of nowhere. I don't see any advertising for it. And then suddenly everyone's talking about it. Yeah. And because it's a different continent, I don't know what the hell time of day it's on. And so I end up just seeing clips after the fact. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've never, I've tried watching Eurovision. I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I really have tried watching Eurovision. It's just, it can't hold my interest. Live performances don't hold my interest. Is there any other film studios other than Disney you feel drop the ball as hard with queer representation? Um, other studios don't make a big deal about how much they're trying. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think other studios... Other studios have done, you know, quote-unquote gay movies that aren't good representation. Mm -hmm. But it's... Disney really tries to jerk themselves off when they have this yeah tiniest the, little bit yes. of representation and like other studios and so they make it so public whereas other studios they're not like warner brothers first gay character yeah, because uh, warner brothers did that in the 70s yeah because paramount did that in the 70s because all of them were doing some kind of gay representation usually negative decades ago mm -hmm. whereas disney keeps doing this first gay disney character nonsense mm -hmm. um and like the because thing about, Disney was family friendly and didn't have gay characters, and like even for, though if you watched some of the older Disney movies, it's like, mm, really? I mean, like, I like your kind of take on the live action Glenn Close Corella being like coded lesbian, like, um, yeah, kind of a working girl. Like, you know, I, I also love kind of the take on Twitter of like, you know, like, okay, so John is John in the 101 Dalmatians, right? Oh, I can't remember his name. Anyways, Roger. Roger. Um, his wife has a successful female friend, so he writes a song about how much of a bitch she is. Yeah. Um, and it, it's very, not just homophobic, it's kind of misogynistic in a women have a place kind of way. Like, Corel is not allowed to be successful without being a literal monster. So... Um, is there any gay... I agree. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. just uh, reading the chat. Is there any gay media that you haven't seen that would get your gay card revoked if you hadn't consumed it? I don't think there is. I think I've watched everything. Um, other than, like, books. Like, I haven't read Giovanni's okay, Room, let's for go, instance. Let's go through the list with me. I haven't watched Parish's Burning. Um, 
there was other one that you were just like, I can't believe you haven't seen this. I haven't seen most of John Waters' movies. You haven't seen Hedwig and the Angry Inch? No, I haven't. Um, you haven't seen... I haven't seen Rent. Rent is a straight movie. I'm quite proud of that, though. Uh, I mean, yes, we've talked. I, I love how your opinion on Rent when we met was like, oh my god, I can't believe you haven't seen Rent, and now you're like, yeah, Rent. <laughs> you, you, Philippe, you, you can... Yes, that, that does... Cancelled, yes. Yeah, um. he hasn't seen Kill Bill. Although <laughs> Quentin Tarantino these days is apparently cancelable. Yeah. I don't think we should cancel Tarantino. I think we should just take him out to pasture. Well, yeah, his, he only wants to do one more movie, so we'll let him do that. Yeah, his, his time has passed. Like, he is, he's gotten toxic. Like, a, as time has gone on, like, I don't know if he's just gotten bitter or whether he always was this bitter and the Weinsteins kept a leash on him. Like... What do you think about Ryan Murphy? I just watched Pose in Hollywood. Ryan Murphy is... He used to be really cringy. Mm-hmm. Um, with, like, Glee and stuff. Just really over the top. Which, I loved Glee when it was coming out. But, like, kind of watching it in hindsight, I'm like, ooh. Um, but now, he's really going out of his way to do queer representation. And for people who don't get the representation, like people of color and trans characters and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like he basically handed the leash of Pose over to Janet Mock and who's a trans woman and mm-hmm. basically put her in charge of the show. And that's why you notice the first season of Pose has a lot of straight white characters in it. And then afterwards, not so much because he was like, okay, here you go. Here's the leash. Have fun. Mm-hmm. And the rains probably a better analogy. The yeah. rains, sure, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's he he does a great job, uh, kind of d- doing that. And I thought I loved Hollywood. I know a lot of people think Hollywood is silly and stuff, but I I loved it so much. It was so much fun. I just sat down and watched it in one Honestly, go. Honestly, like. And Pose, Pose is something you should be cancelled for if you haven't watched. I've watched the first episode, and I think, like you said, I kind of stopped watching because there was so much focus given to, like, the straight experience with transgender. Um, yeah. And, like, if like if it does kind of, if they all just drop off after the second season, like, you know, I'm willing to push through that. Because those were the sections of, po- of that first episode that I loved, was just, like, you know, just people being people. Ooh. I'm sorry, it's Felipe, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you say Philippe? Yeah. Oh. Don't worry, I said Philippe at first, and it wasn't until I heard people say it that I was like, oh, Philippe. Have, have I seen The Prom? I have not seen The Prom, and that is for a very specific reason. Can't watch anything with James Corden. He has that effect on people, and they keep casting him i know as everything and i haven't encountered one person who has a positive feeling i don't talk all the straight people though that's the difference straight people probably think oh it's so great that there's a gay an out gay actor out there who's getting so many roles he's not gay but he was no james corden's not gay he's not gay no he's just british doesn't he literally play a bunch of gay roles all the time (laughs) and isn't he a massive Okay, that is a word I can't say on air. Isn't he a massive asshole? Probably. Yeah, I've heard he's a massive asshole. Ugh. Riley, did you smack them? My god. (laughs) (laughs) James Corden has a wife. (laughs) I'm not the only one. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, I assumed he was gay. Okay. Like, and then okay. I found out he wasn't, and I was like, what? He was in Cats. <laughs> oh, cat! I need to watch Cats. No. I do. I need to know just how narcissistically bombastic it is. Or bombastically narcissistic. James Corden blocked you on Twitter. <laughs> was that before or after your screen name was James Corden Hater? Sorry, I just outed you. Sorry, that's bad. <laughs> okay. And no, that's the, only, I, I, that's the only reason I watch any sports, Felipe. What would, just, what, would, what would the Cats musical be like in the Cars universe? Cars cats. The same. Cars cats. <laughs> it would be just the, the 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 uncanny valley would be the exact same. I think it might be better. <laughs> it probably would. That might actually be the perfect live stream video movie first movie to watch. Oh, okay, okay, cats. Riley, that makes more sense. It wasn't James Corden that blocked him. It was the gay person who likes James Corden that blocked oh. him. <laughs> Okay, Cats, the musical in the Cats universe. Oh, R Riley and Felipe, we've been doing this all wrong. What if it's not Cars 4, but Cats 4? There's a lot of Cats 4 online. What if the Cats 4 family put up the Cars 4 family as a front to conceal their true actions? <laughs> we decided that Cars 4 sounded like a fancy, like, elitist German surname. Like the Cars 4 family, like, you know, and... <laughs> We we made we, we traced their family history back to an, the um, late kingdom. Oh, of, Riley, don't no the late kingdom of ancient <laughs> Rome uh, when they rose to prominence as Carsvorius, the Carsvorius family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm all like you know let let's let Riley discover this for himself. Like. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, I love Maggie Mae Fisher's videos on cats. <laughs> Video on cats. <laughs> Warrior. Just her takedown of, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who wrote it. Not Andrew Lloyd Webber. T.S. Eliot? T.S. Eliot, yeah. yeah. Just I remember this like actually, no, you mentioned it. was a rant about how T.S. Eliot was a horrible fascist, uh, yeah. anti-Semite, homophobic, just like the worst person. And like, Ah, uh, it's so it's insane how many modernist writers get held up on a pedestal when they were an absolute terrible person and none of their personal values reflected the values they wrote about. Like Hemingway, he's one. Oh yeah, Hemingway was kind of a dick. Hemingway wasn't a dick. He was just completely self-absorbed, an absolute wishy-washy coward. Like he had none of the values that his work exemplified and is held up on a pedestal for. But I mean that's it's old authors, really. I love that. See, one 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 of them that I do like is E. Cummings because, like, you're like, oh, classic poet. And like, no, he was horny. Like most of his poems are erotic. Yeah. Like I love that because he was in in high school. We were like, oh, choose a poet from this list, and one person chose T. S. Eliot or um chose E. E. Cummings, and didn't discover that like like eighty percent of his volume his library is is completely erotic. It's weird, like, because, like, I never read poetry, um, but there's so many people who have discovered, like, their favorite author as a child was, you know, racist or homophobic or transphobic or um, anti-Semitic mm -hmm. or something like mm -hmm. that. And I can still kind of just, like, sit on my high horse because Anne Rice is, like, 
Yeah. None of the and like okay, yeah, she doesn't like fan fiction. But it's like I like her reason I don't like that she doesn't like fan fiction. I like her reason for why she doesn't. Yeah. And just like you look at her interviews from like the eighties and people being like, Your vampires are awfully um they seem very like gay ish. And she's like, Well, we're all bisexual. What what? What? Just something that Riley put in the Discord Oh god. Okay. Oh, but yeah, like her doing interviews in the early '90s and late '80s, saying, "Well, we're all a little bisexual," so I don't understand why. See, and you make fun and, of me when I say that, and I saying say like, like that, like we all have a bit of man and woman in us, and you know that, and it's like just like complete woke non-binary bisexual mood in the late '80s or in the early eight late yeah late '80s early '90s when like every other author was not <laughs> yeah like that, that why is that I, 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 I've been wanting to like talk about like kind of making a video about like the fantasy genre and how messed up it is because like the tenets of fantasy as it was established by Tolkien were that you know it was all about different people coming together and putting aside differences and realizing that these differences make them completely unique and special and you know, like that, you know, that kind of being the process of being a very thinly veiled allegory for complete and total acceptance. And meanwhile, fantasy has become incredibly misogynistic, has become homophobic, racist, and the they're no longer treating like, oh, dwarves and elves have to get together as an analogy for ending racism. They're just as racist in their in their books. Like, well, yeah, now it's not like the different races get together. It's the different types of white people get together. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the same thing with science fiction. Like, um, God, who the guy who made Star Trek? Roddenberry? No, Gene Roddenberry. Roddenberry. Okay, yeah. Um, like he made different alien races and made it the whole thing with the different alien races interacting as an allegory for opposing racism mm -hmm. and for opposing intolerance. Um, and, and like that's been forgotten and now we just have, and, and that's why kind of like Alliance culture and like in any kind of video game series, like culture is kind of very thinly Euro American and yeah. that was done to sort of indicate, uh, oh, we have to, as a culture, get used to other cultures on this planet. And now it's kind of been changed into, like, any science fiction property. The humans that are in space are all Euro-American. That's one of the interesting things about Dune is that <laughs> the kind of the culture that ended up dominating Earth was Middle Eastern culture. Mm -hmm. By the time we, you know, in 10,000 years when we get to that kind of interplanetary spacefaring mm -hmm. um it wasn't just euro-american it was middle eastern culture that had come to do granted the main characters are all white but, but but you could also use that take that as an analogy for giving homage to basically how modern astronomy astronomy was invented in um Ist modern day istanbul what was constantinople yeah um most of ast most astro astronomical advancements <laughs> Early astronomical advancements. The groundwork for astronomy was developed in um, the Byzantine Empire. No, that was they went in the Ottoman Empire by that point. Felipe wants us to stop ranting about books. <laughs> I've tried reading Dune a few times, but we'll stop reading about. I, I would like to go back to Monkey. I would like that Monkey. Monkey. <laughs> I think it's hard to like. Obviously, a lot of uh, it's 
it's hard to say like well all author all, all older people back then had bad opinions and then like, there's no, no, always like, you know someone who didn't but that's the thing like there i, I think that exceptions <laughs> okay what movie version of dune do you love that's uh that's <laughs> <laughs> that's not shade from james at all like. it's not shade it's 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 a it's a it's like a personality test litmus test God, this tweet is blowing up. Is By my like standards, you're not ten likes. Oh my God, <laughs> no, eight hundred twenty-five. Oh wow, yeah. Look at you go. Look at me go. I'm excited. Nobody's following me. Not old people have bad opinions. There are <clears throat> Jane Fonda has good opinions. Jane Fonda's a person. Ian McKellen's a person. Jane Fonda's better. I yeah, we, I like Ian McKellen. He's so wholesome. <laughs> I think Frank Herbert mostly chose to do that because it was an aesthetic that was not used usually, probably. And I think he spent some time in the Middle East. He was a reporter in the Middle East. Yeah, he was a reporter in the Middle East. Um, so like, you kind of gather that culture by osmosis, and I would, I, I'm willing to give him the credit and say that he's willing to represent the culture that he was kind of immersed in. I mean, when you get later into the books it's just like woo, like batshit crazy stuff that's far far gone from any kind of i still would eventually like thing. to finish the first dune book Ex i would like to finish it especially when you get to like chapter house dune and stuff like that it's like really nuts oh nick's canceled, canceled. again um, I want to read through dune i really that's that's a goal um i also want to read through um not M. Night Shyamalan. Lovecraft. I want to read some, uh, read through Lovecraft. I, I, yeah. I, I'm getting that feeling like I really want to start reading again after like five years of not. Maybe you just need to be done with a book to read. I think so. I think like now that I don't have a book, I've, I'm, I've been eyeing the books that are on my, that are stacked on my, on my desk. And I'm like, I should get into that. Because uh, I finished, I finished the Neil Gaiman book. I'm gonna read more of his stuff. Oh yeah, I have Good Moments. I wanted to read the Good Omens. Yeah. Um, sorry, Felipe. I know you said we, you wanted us to stop talking about this. Books. Well, I'm very glad that you chose my book, and that you read it like really quickly. The first <laughs> two, the first seventy-five percent. But anyway. Yeah. We had to, yeah, we just did, what was it, like the fifth or sixth time we read through it from page one okay, to Okay, 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 so we did the initial edit. This is probably the third time we had to read through. Third? Like excluding the first time we published. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean, like yeah. five or six total. Uh, six, then. Yeah. Excluding the separate edits that we've done. But you know, I'm you can love and enjoy and appreciate a work of art while being aware of the context of its yes. creator's bad opinion. Yes. 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 I Yes. I, I think that was kind of the message of my JK Rowling video. Um, it is very much my opinion at this point that when a book is written, the minute it hits your bookshelf, the author mm -hmm. doesn't own it anymore. Um, if it's a series, if it's an ongoing series, it's different mm -hmm. because then, you know, like that means you, they've you, had you, everything they have to say about it. Yeah. Like they, they're done mm -hmm. like with Harry Potter, for instance, at the end of Deathly Hollows, 
she hasn't written another book so Mm -hmm. it's done what's there is there and what she has done since means nothing yeah um and you can take the book for what it is and put your own meaning into it because that's what you're supposed to do with books yeah and and you know pixar movies pixar movies luca oh (laughs) yeah we'll get (laughs) into that it whatever is or isn't it when the first thing that i was taught in my english degree the very first thing um literature engl 1001 was everything that is in the book was placed there deliberately by an author mm-hmm. um which means that every the there is nothing in the book that you can miscue and nothing outside of the book that you can put in there yeah. you can look at the author's life and history and the things they have to say to sort of give context but at the end of the day um what is in the book is all the context that you need yeah. um, and this is without getting too death of the authory um because like who the author is does matter and can shape how you look at the book that's acceptable but at the end of the day all you need from the book is the context that present that, that is presented in the book yeah um and if a series is ongoing then the author still has more time to elaborate their thought process about what's going on but when that series is finished um, the author has put everything they are willing to put into that book. Every bit of clarification, everything else. If an author depends on after-the-fact clarification, it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, Michael, does that apply to movies as well? I, I think it applies even more so to movies because death of the author is immediate with a movie before mm. it is finished. Yeah. Because... One person, with with some uh, um, exceptions, does not write it, direct it, produce it, edit it, shoot it, light it. Um, One person does not make the movie, in most cases. There may be a producer that's really, you know, holding in the reins, like Kevin Feige with the Marvel movies. Um, a director like like um, Stanley Kubrick, who's really got a lot of control, but there is always something that they don't have control over. So when you watch that movie, you're not watching someone's authorial intent. You are watching the work of a very large team of artists and professionals making something. So I think with movies, a death of the author happens as soon as the script is written. Well, yeah, in a lot of cases, because the scriptwriter writes the script, and then the studio takes the script from them, gives it to a room of other writers to kind of touch it up. Well, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that too, but I just mean, like, in the best possible mm-hmm. sense, the author of the script is not there positioning the lights and casting it but, and doing all of that. That's, that's what I'm saying, is that... I, no, I'm willing to double down on this and say, like, even in a situation where the writer is the... The screenwriter is the director, is the cinematographer... I know, I said that. Um, if they're in everything, they don't control how the actor in- interpret and project that script. Yeah, I know. I'm just elaborating. I know, but I kind of said that. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're more likely to get uh, authorial intent in uh, literature or video games. Yeah, because, like I said, you never have someone doing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, oh, I forget his name now. Stanley Kubrick was someone who did most of the big stuff on his movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in there, are, He did cinematography on his movies. Like, he, he had a lot of control. You know who else did? But he... 
is so you can say his movies are very close to the authorial intent, mm-hmm. but there were always teams of hundreds of people making his authorial intent happen and they all yeah. had their own authorial <laughs> intent and so there is no actual author of a movie and just like with movies like when it comes down to like you know solo projects like books or like indie video games like the author doesn't always have control or is aware of their cultural biases mm-hmm. which work into their book on a sublim on, a, on to, into their work on a subliminal level um and so you know like having written a book you definitely i definitely had borderline to very aware of that <laughs> yeah borderline <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of stanley kubrick but i'm he it's, it's once again one of those instances where you can appreciate what they brought into the world while com- while condemning the person and the way he treated people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> poor shelly <laughs> she was never the same after that hello i'm shelly duvall <laughs> Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Biblical fan fiction? There's been biblical fan fiction forever. What do you think Dante's Inferno is? The Bible itself is fan fiction. Like, so many of these things have been copied and recopied over Well, yeah, I mean, nothing that's in... The fact that there's so many different versions of the Bible today... Mm-hmm. Like you can get the King James mm-hmm. version, the American version, blah, blah, blah. and you know, like he was cast, he was sent cast the first stone. That was a later addition to the Bible. Yeah, in the King King James version. And it's like you know, sometimes Lilith is mentioned, sometimes she's not. Sometimes Lilithu is mentioned, sometimes <laughs> she's not. And it's very. You, know, you want you, if you also want if you want to get into the differences of the um, the Garden of Eden between the uh, ancient Hebrew text and the Islamic version. Yeah. They are very different. I actually like the Islamic version better. There's so much more drama between Adam and Eve. So and much. yeah, Malcolm McDowell did not come away from Clockwork Orange unharmed. <laughs> like, he's done interviews since where he literally called, like, Stanley Kubrick a psychopath. Oh, my God. Like, incredibly talented, brilliant man, psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and I, I, I think that... That's true. In the Bible, Satan doesn't exist. There is no character. Uh, like, Satan, yeah. It's like you can take sec- characters who are vaguely alluded. Well, yeah, there are multiple characters. There is Lucifer. There mm-hmm. is the Antichrist. There is the the not the antagonist. The um, the it's like the enemy. Like multiple like bad guy characters. The dragon. And the, the dragon. Yeah. Uh, the beast. Yeah. And they've all been kind of conglomerated into oh well they're all the devil well, even though they, they like, mean mm. different things like the beast they're was all different, different from people. the dragon was different from the whore of babylon yeah um <clears throat> like but there yeah. are demons in the bible but none of them are named satan yeah uh, yeah um i forget i actually looked up the ancient history of the figure of satan um Satan and Lucifer are not the same figure, first of all. No. Uh, Lucifer is a Persian <laughs> god that moved over. Jesus was a Mary Sue. <laughs> I mean, I'd agree with that, except we didn't know anything about Jesus until he's 30. We don't know what he did before he, for the yes, first we 20, do. 30 years. Well, Anne Rice wrote those books. <laughs> she literally did. Which ones? She wrote three... No, two novels. It was supposed to be three about Jesus in the time where the Bible skips. Okay, because there was also a comedy book written, The Gospel According to Biff. Oh, yeah. That was that, too. It was a little bit cringy, and I couldn't end up finishing it. Um, 
My mom and her friends liked it, though, so I'm like, okay, that explains a lot. Yeah, um, I did watch Renegade Cut's video about that. Uh, I've watched I, an, an odd amount of videos about I, the history of the devil. I, I haven't... I, I've done a lot of reading about this character, like Satan. Like I've I done I did reading into him. I think Satan was specifically in current canon. Satan was the one who was an, an arch one of the archangels. I forget who he was though in ancient uh, Hebrew, like before the the consolidation around Jehovah. Uh, in ancient Hebrew, I forget what name he was, but he was actually. Um they called him the he was like a prosecutor mm -hmm. uh he worked for god he was one of his angels mm -hmm. he was very close with god and it was basically his job to convince god to punish people okay i'm talking about the culture that hebrew replaced the culture that exists in that region before oh, i don't he know ancient hebrew. yeah i forget the specific name but it's like there were it, it's it was polytheistic and yeah. I think Satan was a figure in there. I wish Renegade Cut had actually made a video about the Left Behind book series. Because the movies are obviously just bad. And the books also. But I tried reading the books in high school because I was obsessed with the end of the world. And I'm very fearful of it. Um, and I've never actually read them. So I would like for somebody else to do a breakdown <laughs> of them. So I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something and I can't remember now. Somebody help me remember what was on my mind. Nobody knows what's on your mind even when you're saying it. That explains a lot. Yes. Explains everything. Apparently this is the God is over now party. Apparently. One year anniversary podcast. Right, I was talking about... Wee! <laughs> Um, first I was going to talk about something, and then I was going to talk about how biblical fan fictions also include Dante's Inferno, Paradise Lost, Pilgrim's Path. Um, well, Paradise Lost is the, the kind of like Satan fan fiction. Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah. Like the devil has no backstory until you read Paradise Lost. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't know you actually read Paradise Lost. I read it for... You sound surprised. It's a very old book and very inaccessible. <laughs> it's a poem. Milton? Yeah. No, it's a novel. Well, the way I John read it, Milton. it was like broken up in, not into verses, but it was like, like... it could be an epic poem written in meter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I read the prose version. Oh. Um, well, maybe I read the original. Probably not, because this was pre-Chaucer English. Or was it post-Chaucer? Anyway, that time Original period. translation. By Boy, Shakespeare. have you read any Middle English... Have you read any Middle English books? Middle English, you would not be able to understand Middle English. No, you can't. I have. Like, that includes, like, Thomas Hobbes. That includes, like, original Chaucer. Like, I had to do that for my English degree. They're not English, though. It's a different language. No, you're thinking of Anglo-Saxon. No, like, Middle English is a completely different language from English. No, there was Anglo-Saxon, and then Middle English, and then Modern English. Middle English is what Shakespeare was writing in. Riley says you can understand Middle English, but it's funny. It is funny. You have it's Middle English is about getting very creative. It's like at like those things where you read the card and it's like the bunch of random sounds and you're like, oh, that's what it is. After you say it out loud a few times, that's what <laughs> Middle English is like. <laughs> I remember people in high school being completely bamboozled that 
when the teacher told us that Shakespeare wasn't Old English. No. <laughs> old, like I said, Old English is also what was referred to as Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, That's what he ba- was like, no, Shakespeare that- is modern English. And they're like, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, Hast is modern yeah, English? Yeah. Um, Anglo-Saxon is what Beowulf was written, written yeah. in. That's what Tolkien studied. He was a professor of Anglo-Saxon. Oh, nice. Yeah, Beowulf That's was why a bit of, Elvish and is basically Anglo-Saxon. Beowulf was a bit of a mess. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. <laughs> Beowulf was a bit of a hot mess. Uh, the version of Beowulf I actually read had the English beside the Anglo-Saxon. That was oh. really interesting, yeah. Nice. I read an old, when I was in university, I read... Old English is, is Anglo-Saxon. It's an, the same language. An old English epic poem about a knight. And if I remember correctly, it was like he had to go to a castle and meet someone who was going to kill him in three days or something like that. Galahad and the Green Knight? Yes, yes, that. Yeah, that, which is actually the, some versions can get pretty gay. Very gay, yes. Yeah. That was actually the, 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 um, the... They're making a movie about it, and everyone's like, you're gonna straight watch this, aren't you? (laughs) Oh, you sent me the trailer for that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It actually looks really good, but they're gonna straight watch it. I actually spent the last couple of years trying to remember what the hell that poem was called. Um, but we read Gaw- that. Gawain, not Galad. Gawain. Gawain. Yeah, we spent. We read that, and the um, the teacher was very much like, "Now this is basically how you wrote gay characters before you were allowed to." <laughs> how? Like that poem, as in having lots of hot gay sex and not getting your head cut off. <laughs> well, there's no gay sex. They kiss. Some versions actually have a whole lot more because the the game is that um, I go out into the wilderness and give you something that I find. You stay yep. at my house and give me something that you find. He finds his wife's pussy sometimes. Like <laughs> that's that's what he finds with his penis. Um, and like it, it does depend on the version because a lot of these stories are copies of the original, and some authors take it take different liberations or liber- liberties. Yeah, and sometimes it is they have like a spicy hot threesome with Morgan Le Fay and oh, who's the with Morgan Le Fay and the Green Knight? Yeah, yeah. Which I don't like that the game Smite has Morgan Le Fay and the Morrigan as two different characters. I'm like, you realize one's the ethereal clone of the original English mythological, original Celtic figure. Yeah, the Merry Men were very gay. They were obviously gay. Like they were so gay. They were so gay. Why is and Robin b- Hood as the fox? Why does the mi- sexual middle, awakening of why many does people. Middle Ages English have so many better gay representation? than right now uh, i i go on that rant so often like people are like why do you like want more gay representation we have gay, better we had gay movies from the 90s and 2000s i'm like we shouldn't have to go backwards for better representation i it's this isn't obviously middle ages but i have been recommended about six or seven videos today that have come out in the last week about how gay the lord of the rings is and I haven't watched them because they're all like an hour long. And I'm just like, how are this? How is this all happening? Well, it's the same thing like with the Scarlet Witch once. videos that have come out. Yeah, suddenly week, like, like today, there's like five Scarlet Witch videos being like Scarlet Witch was, you know, 
like, screwed over and how WandaVision got, gave her her groove back and we, stuff. We didn't need, like, three months to research Scarlet Witch. We had that all up here. We yeah, knew like, that. I, I put out that video on February 12th. Also, David, I need that gay werewolf story, please. Um, I need that gay werewolf story. And on gay werewolf story... Uh, I like where this is going. This is where the <laughs> podcast portion will end. Oh. Because um, I like to keep the podcast at around an hour. Yeah, it's um, an hour already. So this is where the podcast portion will end. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you would like to hear the rest of this rambling insanity, uh, go to my Patreon where it will be available in its totality. And of course, that is patreon.com slash James Somerton, patreon.com slash J-A-M-E-S-S-O-M-E-R-T-O-N. Thank you so much for listening. My name is James. I'm Nick. He's Nick. Sorry, I'm... Yeah. And we'll see you next time.